Hey, have you visited the new kidsmusic.com website? Looking pretty good. Make sure you sign up to get the fun news briefs and crow cause that will surely get you smiling. Maybe even singing. Today we have Dennis Scott, a two-time Grammy and Emmy award-winning producer and songwriter. His songs have been recorded by artists ranging from Ray Charles to Alison Krauss to The Muppets. In this episode, John and Dan get to talk to him about his most recent album, Thank You Mr. Rogers. He rounded up an amazing assortment of top-selling artists for this album, all to honor the music and memories of Fred Rogers. Welcome to Dennis Scott's Neighborhood. I'm just kidding and he's just kidding, just kidding is what we do. We're just kidding and they're just kidding, you kid a little bit too. When we feel like singing, we invite some friends. We'll have some fun and laugh a lot. Hope it never, hope it never. I'm just kidding and he's just kidding, just kidding is what we do. We're just kidding and they're just kidding, you kid a little bit too. Welcome, everybody, to Just Kidding. I'm uh, one of your co-hosts, Dan Crow. I'm the other co-host. My name is uh, uh, John Wood. That's right, John. This is our <laughs> special guest, Dennis Scott. Welcome, Dennis. Hi, everybody. Thank you, guys. Glad to be here. I was in the neighborhood, so I thought I'd drop by. <laughs> now, you and uh, Dan, you and Dennis go way back, right? Yeah, we do. We did an album uh, back in 1992, I'm going to say it. <laughs> yeah, those were good days. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, was, uh, it was a song project that Dennis produced and arranged everything. It was a beautiful production. And I'm sorry that I had to ruin it by singing on it. <laughs> it was, no, no, no. It was a charming album, and it had a lot of fun to it. The songs were interesting but lighthearted and funny so it was very easy to turn that into what we did yeah the giggling dragon and I... <laughs> we're here to uh to talk about your uh, your new album which is fantastic could you share uh, a little bit of that with us please well yeah uh, i'm going to uh, give you a little backstory to it and that is uh because people ask me well why are you doing a mr rogers album because when i was growing up i was a little past the age of watching him on TV. So I really rediscovered him, oh, back in around 2005, I was sitting in my kitchen and I'm watching the TV and on comes Mr. Rogers singing this beautiful little song called It's You I Like. Mm -hmm. And being a, a producer and a composer guy, I wonder who, who wrote oh. that song? And it turns out Mr. Rogers wrote all 200 songs or over 200 songs from his series, including that one. And I said, to myself, well, has anybody else ever recorded these songs besides Mr. Rogers? Mm -hmm. And nobody had. And I thought, this is a golden opportunity to showcase this material and maybe uh, reimagine some of the songs with different kind of artists singing it. So we got different people. Here's the album. I just, I just happened to be prepared. I have it right here. <laughs> we had all sorts of wonderful people like uh, Amy Grant and... Uh, Crystal Gale and uh, uh, Roberta Flack. Uh, so fast forward to now, um, when things started happening with uh, a rediscovery of Mr. Rogers and the Tom Hanks film, I thought this is another opportunity to really let people know more about Mr. Rogers, specifically his music. And um, 
I have gotten to know his wife, Joanne Rogers, over the years, and she told me that she wished there'd been more focus on Fred's music, because he loved oh. music and he loved songwriting. Mm. And um, I thought, I really want to honor that in a way that really focuses upon his songwriting. In fact, I'm spearheading an effort to get Mr. Rogers inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame, because I think he belongs up there, along with Gershwin and Cole Porter and all those other folks. So that said, we did this new album called Thank You, Mr. Rogers. You can see all these names, the Cal Sills and Kelly Pickler and Lee Greenwood and Mickey Dolans from the Monkees. Can you imagine that? (laughs) Now, I'm not going to say it was easy because it took two years to put it together. A lot of bumps along the way. In the end, it it turned out pretty good. Uh, did you go then to their hometowns or wherever they were located and, and record there? With For the most part, uh, there were some artists who are, are Nashville residents like Lee Greenwood and Kelly Pickler, so we were able to do them at my own studio. Uh-huh. But um, people like uh, Mickey Dolans and the Cowsills and uh, Tom Bergeron. Can you imagine Tom Bergeron? He's, <laughs> he's on this album. Not only does he sing, but he whistles. That's beautiful. Yes. I'm a too. I enjoyed that. <laughs> that He's great at it. And he loves to do it. Yeah. But uh, the album had a, uh, an interesting journey because it originally it was going to just be an album of interviews with people, just talking about meeting Mr. Rogers and their experiences. But then after speaking with Joanne, I thought, no, it's got to be a music album. But we didn't have any artists. We didn't have a label and we didn't have any money except for the money in my son's 529 plan, <laughs> which, is, which is what we ended up using. John Sakata, you had him, on the, had him on the album there too. And he does it in Spanish. He does one of his songs in Spanish. I love that you did that. Me too. Oh, I think it's gorgeous in Spanish. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. And uh, there's a little backstory to that too, because I play in a Beatles band when I'm not doing other things. Uh, it's called the Wanna Beatles. And my drummer is Cuban born. Uh-huh. And his father was a pastor and worked as a translator in the court system. But he wow. was also very an artistic gentleman. And uh, I brought those lyrics to my friend David and said, is there any chance your dad could work these into a translation or at least a Spanish version? They don't like to use the word translation because to translate something literally is not always as poetic as the original. So you get inspired by what the original was and capture the, the essence of it in the new language. So uh, that's what he did. And uh, unfortunately, his dad passed away about two years ago. He ne- never got to, to hear it, but uh, his name is on the album, and that's very gratifying. Yeah, it's beautifully done. And, and the whole album is exceptionally well produced. Everybody sounds terrific on it. Everybody's voices are cow sills. Their harmonies are just beautiful. Yeah. And of course, if you're at a certain age, which unfortunately I am, that you grew up listening to some of these people like the Cow Sills and and the Monkees and the um, Fifth Dimension, because we have Billy Davis and uh, Marilyn McCoo on the album. Marilyn McCoo, yeah. Working alongside them, it's it's an out-of-body experience because... You want to be professional. You want to do your, do your job as a producer. But at the same time, it's like, oh, my God, I'm standing next to a monkey. These are the people. I collected the bubblegum cards for them. <laughs> That's how I feel with Dan Crow. I'm standing next to a monkey right now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> what I want you to listen to 
in the in the tracks is it sounds like a cowbell song. By that I mean that the production sounds exactly back in it was the seventies or even late sixties. Sixty seven, and they were still going strong to the end of the decade. You just hear in the song the harmonies are are terrific. Let's take a moment and uh, listen to it. Uh, produced by uh, Dennis Scott, who's sitting right there. Bam. Which part do you like to be, or do you, which one are you, Paul? Oh, well, we're not a look-alike band. Paul songs and John songs. The only Ringo song I sing is, uh, What would you think if I sang a tune, which I do. Okay. <laughs> that, that really is a fun gig. I mean, uh, I grew up on the Beatles and very influenced in my own writing with that, so... You know, John, and you have that in common. John was in a Beatles band for a tribute band for years, right, Johnny? 
Yeah. yeah and we, uh, we called ourselves not really the Beatles because we sounded exactly like them, but we looked nothing like them. So there was a lot of comedy and a lot of silly bits that went on. But boy, it was, uh, it was enjoyable just uh, tagging the uh, cow sills just for a moment. Uh, how long did it take you to cut that track uh, with all the overdubs and harmonies? And That was a, a day-long production. We uh, started in the morning. By around seven o'clock, we were just finishing up things, not quite. We had to call Mickey Dolans, who was coming in that evening and saying, can you wait about 30 minutes? Uh, which he did, he was a real gentleman. But for this recording, we, uh, it was three of them. It was Bob, Susan, and Paul. Mm-hmm. And um, so you can imagine to get all that layered sound of thickness that they are known for, yeah. we had to do quite a few tracks. But they were, they were a pleasure to work with, and you know, we've stayed in touch since then, and they're very supportive of the album, and I thank them for that. Getting all three of them in the same place at the same time, it's, that was tough, because Paul lives, I think, in Oregon, and Bob's in L.A., and um, Susan is in the New Orleans area. So. Wow. What would you say was the highlight of this album for you? I, I like to tell the story that when I went to... Uh, record Mickey Dolan's. I was getting in my car in Nashville, <laughs> head, going to go to the airport. I turned, I put my key in the ignition, the radio came on, and what was playing but last train to Clarksville. I said, it's a sign. Um, oh man, that is so cool. I, isn't it written about, isn't it Clarksville, Tennessee, just north of Nashville, I think, isn't it? I think I saw somewhere it was written about that town, that train station there. I think you're right about that. Well, and it's interesting, we were talking about my Beatles band. I was, we were one short song for the album, and uh, I was driving home from a gig with my drummer friend. We were talking about great singers, and I was talking about this album, and he said, wow, you ever think of the, the Marilyn McCoo and Billy Davis? And I said, well, I hadn't, but the reason we meant, he mentioned them was because we were working up a 1969 medley even though we're a Beatles band, we divert a little bit and we uh, include other things. So oh. we have this great medley, and in the medley, of course, is Aquarius and Let the Sun Shine. So here we are doing this song, and it didn't even occur to me that I should place that phone call. But I did, and amazingly enough, they said yes. It's another great story of this album. One of the bumps in the road were, was that um, we, I went out to California and my plan was to record one artist and then go to Oklahoma City to record Sandy Patty, because that's where she lives. And as I'm in California, I got a phone call from her people saying, Sandy has this terrible dental problem. She can't sing. So I, here I am with this ticket to go to Oklahoma, and it was a reduced fare ticket. So <laughs> I had to go to Oklahoma anyway, guys. I couldn't even get a flight from L.A. back to Nashville. So while I was out there, the same people who manage um, Billy and Marilyn, they also manage Vanessa Williams. They told her about the album and she said she would like to come on board. So all of a sudden we got, after getting nobody who was interested, we got people interested. But the only catch was Vanessa was leaving to go out of the country two days later. And we didn't have a track recorded for her. We didn't even have a song selected for her. Mm-hmm. So I thought, this is not going to work. But then I had the idea, well, I wonder if Sandy's not feeling well, would she be willing to give up her song to Vanessa 
And if we could get there quick enough to New York to record her, it might come together. And so she was very gracious. So I scrambled, got a flight to New York, like within 24 hours, found a recording studio and a video team and all that stuff. And we got it done amazingly. And Vanessa was amazing. She Perfect, was a yeah. Yeah, she very, was. Uh, very consummate and professional and a trained musician. She could read music. Mm-hmm. And she gave a great performance on that album. I have a question, Dennis, real quick. I listen on Sirius Radio. There's a show that Rita Wilson has that I listen to a lot. She interviews other singer-songwriters and performers. It's really a delightful show. Uh, I think she had Linda Ronstadt on one time. It was a great show. But uh, you have her on the album, too. How'd that come about? Interestingly enough, Rita was the first artist to come on the album. And it was at that in-between stage where we weren't sure whether it was going to be a musical album or a... um, an album, a spoken word album with music. But we just cast our net out there. We thought, well, maybe because Tom, her husband, Tom Hanks was doing a film, maybe she would be interested. And uh, her agent said, yes. Um, but they, they said, uh, what kind of album is it? And at that point I had to, I had to commit. So I said, <laughs> well, it's a music album. It's gonna be music. <laughs> and, uh, so we had our music album with only one artist. And like I said, no budget, no label. But, um, but she did a great job on that song. And so she kind of paved the way for the rest of us. Yeah, beautiful. Some great musicians, really. I just, once again, blown away by the production. It was the production. Oh, thank you. As you always do. I know you've always been busy ever since I've known you. you know. Because we have all these different art- artists who all love Mr. Rogers. I wanted to have one song which had all of them together. Yeah. And I wrote a song called Thank You For Being You, which really expresses how so many people feel about Mr. Rogers. When I first started researching this project, I actually um, went to some movie theaters where they were showing the documentary by Morgan Neville called, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, right. called uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor? And I interviewed people, said, what, if you had a chance to say something to Mr. Rogers, what would you say? And they all said, mm. we just would like to thank him. So it was an wow. opportunity to get everybody to sing a different line on the album. And um, it, I hope it did what it intended to do, which is to say, Mr. Rogers, you are a, tr- a treasure. Thank you.
Absolutely accomplished uh, what you set out to do. And uh, the, the performances on the album capture the emotion of, of the songs and kudos to Rod, Fred Rogers for writing those original songs and to you for, uh, for writing that uh, terrific compilation song as well. Well, what's your next project? What do you got in the works right now? I was thinking of a Dan Crow retrospective. Ah, wow. The best of Dan Crow. Uh, wow. I'm with uh, you. I'll go we'll start with the worst of and then we'll move on from there. <laughs> we'll, get well, Dan, uh, Dan still has the uh, triage uh, tour coming up. He's going to Afghanistan and, uh, yeah. you know, Syria and uh, Iraq. So that's, that's still working out, isn't it, Dan? Oh, yeah, sure. That, but that's all top secret stuff, so I can't talk a lot about it. Okay. So I, this, is, uh, this is true. You're not making this stuff up, right? Right. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, but, uh, we're well, making the most of it, all of us are. All of us are. And, uh, you know, we're getting yeah. creative time. I imagine, Dennis, you're probably doing some writing a lot while, while this is going on, I imagine, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Well, let's say I wrote to uh, my Aunt Lucille in Houston. How <laughs> uh, <What> did I? <laughs> uh, you know what? Um, I, 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 don't, I fall into a different category of writer. I, I write when there's an assignment. Yeah. Uh, when somebody says, okay, I need a dozen songs about whales. Uh-huh. And my first question is, okay, what color? Uh, <laughs> but... Um, uh, I have this list of titles. You're right. This would be a good time to take this list of song titles that I thought would make great songs and write them. But um, I figured, well, I haven't sold the songs that I have now, so why write another one? Yeah. (laughs) You know, there's a story about that with, uh, I believe it was Rodgers and Hammerstein, where uh, somebody, a reporter was asking, well, where do you get the inspiration for the songs? He goes, when the phone rings. Yeah. (laughs) 
That's a good answer. I like well, that. I have, that's my same answer about people say, when are you going to retire? And I said, when the phone stops ringing. <laughs> exactly. We're getting close. No, I'm kidding. No, it's, uh, uh, it, it's an interesting time, uh, but the artists have always, uh, the Commedia dell'arte players of, uh, of the Middle Ages who travel from town to town and spreading the, the news of the day, Everything, and this was during the plague. That was a rough time during the plague. Let me tell you, we're yeah, right there. A lot of good songs <laughs> came out of that. Yeah, Black Death, How I Love You. That was a beautiful song. <laughs> Great stuff. Well, I, uh, I'm out of questions. How about you, Dan? I'd love to get do some ask some more questions off air. <laughs> okay. Oh my God! Come on, oh. John, you I'm did gonna, the research. I'm gonna catch up with you. We no, about, I, like, I, I was, was actually looking. I, I was looking at uh, Bob Scott. I, I totally got the wrong information. Who was a? Uh, he was a Cavalier uh, basketball player, actually. And uh, so, uh, but so I don't have uh, anything left to say except. You don't want to. You don't want to ask me about my career as a child actor. Oh yes, of course. And what? And by the way, wait a minute. Wow. You're that Dennis Scott? <laughs> he was on Broadway, actually. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm not backing out of the room anymore. Tell me about your your time as a child actor. Well, I was at age seven. I love singing. My parents said, "Okay, we'll give you singing lessons," <laughs> and. Uh, then I said, no, I want to be on TV. And of course they said, they picked me up and put me on top of the TV. And I said, no, I want to be inside the TV. <laughs> and uh, I started auditioning for things and I got into a, one of Noel Coward's last musicals called Sail Away, which starred Elaine Stritch, who was, she was in film and TV. And I was a precocious little child. Um, one day, Jacqueline Kennedy came to one of our out of town tryouts the cast was a buzz, like Jacqueline Kennedy is coming. And so with some of the other kids in the chorus, I said, hey, let's, when she comes out, I'm going to pretend to faint and you guys catch me. And it made the headlines. But interestingly enough, if I want to make a Beatles connection, uh, after Sail Away ended, I auditioned to be in Oliver and they said, okay, you can be in the chorus of that. And my mother said, no, no, you've been on a chorus for like two years now. No more choruses for you right now. So we had to turn that down. But had I gotten into Oliver, I would have been on the Ed Sullivan show the same day the Beatles appeared because the cast of Oliver performed the day the Beatles were on the Ed Sullivan show. Wow. So I would have had my moment being next to a Beatle. Her first appearance, February 1964, right, guys? Yeah. yeah. February 9th. Got a trivia question for you both. What was the first song they sang that night, the first one? Oh, My Lovin'? Yeah. yeah. That's right. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. How would I know that? Well, by the way, that brings up, you did a really funny video. I Want to Meet Paul video that you guys did. Well, we did that because I produced a, an album, which was a spoken word album, interviewing people, telling these incredible stories about either meeting the Beatles or trying to meet the Beatles. And we got Louise Harrison, who is George Harrison's big sister, to narrate. So it's a cool little album, especially if you're a Beatles aficionado. It, it needs mm. to be in your collection. But we knew that Paul McCartney 
was going to be at the Grammys that year. So he said, how do we get to meet Paul? So we wrote the song called I, We Want to Meet Paul. And uh, uh, we still didn't meet him, but we were about 300 miles <laughs> away. You're a drummer. Really? <laughs> great on that. that that kicking that song off and everything and those films. oh yeah yeah Whoa, well we all all three all four, yeah all four of us sing in the group uh, and sometimes we'll um, we'll have harmonies that the beatles didn't do we'll say i wonder if they'd be mad if we kind of one-upped it and uh -huh. added this one little vocal part that yeah. had if they had time they would have done anyway because you know they gave the beatles you have to record the entire album in one day or two days yeah. Like there wasn't time to, in the beginning, there wasn't time to get too creative. But uh, yeah, show the video. Why not? sort of like mine and John's too, I'm sure, of uh, having Danny Kay and Jerry Lewis and uh, Red Skelton, you know, people that yeah. I just adored as a child. And, and for me, Dan, Jack Benny is <laughs> really <laughs> an influence. Oh, uh, <laughs> just, now, now we have Dennis Scott, the impersonator is on. This is great. I love this. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm still working on an impersonation of myself, but I, yeah. I haven't found myself. I, I, I watched uh, It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, and everybody, I watched it probably the first time in, really, from when it came out in the, in the early 60s. And what a terrific movie that is with all those, I'm thinking of, uh, I think it was Stanley Kramer was the director. It must have been like Chariot. 
trying to herd all of those characters at the time, but they all wanted to do it. We're uh, apparently very careful with each other. You know, I, I should sit my son down and make this required watching that movie. Yeah. Ah, good idea. Everybody should pass that on to their gen next generation. Well, he's, he's not going to college, so he's got time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, was, I want your listeners to know that if they do go to um, the website, thankyoumrrogers.com. Okay. Um, that's thankyoumrrogers.com. And there's an opportunity to actually uh, vote for Mr. Rogers to be in the Hall of Fame, the Songwriters Hall of Fame. And more recently, I had this wild idea to create a video called Mr. Rogers for President. How can you not want Mr. Rogers to be president? It, you'll get a kick out of it because you'll see Abe Lincoln endorsing Mr. Rogers for a president wow. on the set of, uh, of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. So you can even vote for him there too. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it'll affect the election, so. So you uh, got went and shot uh, at his set there in, in Pittsburgh, right? And is that where you were? Is, is no, 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 I didn't. We had to get a little inventive because we wouldn't be allowed to use the real set. So okay. there's a gentleman in Canada who builds little miniatures of Star Wars and, you know, Flintstones, and he did a Mr. Rogers set. So we use that, believe it or not. Fantastic. So a uh, virtual set. It avoids lawsuits, too. Yeah. I'm sure you must have talked to some of the other characters that were on the show, like Mr. McFeely, who was performed by... David Newell. David Newell, yeah. 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 He's been very supportive. And, um, you know, in, in times when we weren't getting artists on board and we weren't, uh, things weren't going so well, he, I'd cry on his shoulder and he'd, he'd encourage me to keep going. In fact, mm. I, show and tell, I brought with me this is my legal pad of all the people that we contacted to be on the album. Wow. And it goes on and on and on and on, gratifying once it was done. It's, I'm very proud of it. I'm, I mean, there's some albums that stick out, and, and this album has that spirit too. It just, just something you yeah. found joy in doing and even though there were bumps in the road, when it worked, it's, it's just a beautiful thing. Well, it's also special that it's out now in a, where we really need more kindness and consideration. Yeah, and uh, I encourage people to get it, to listen to Mr. Rogers in this new light because they're used to hearing him sing the songs that he would on his mm -hmm. show in, in a charming way. But when you hear these new arrangements that are you know, contemporary and reimagined, uh, you think, then you start to appreciate who he was as a songwriter and what his talents were. Listen to the song, um, When the Day Turns Into Night, that Lee Greenwood sings. Yeah, that's I would put that up against any uh, ballad from you know, one of the great American songwriters. The chords that he gravitates to, these are not chords of a, a children's ditty. These are chords from someone who was a trained musician. Yes. And, and he was. Yeah, he's a beautiful yeah. piano player, right? That's what he mostly composed on was the piano. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I know what you're saying. These are terrifically crafted songs. I agree. I've listened to all of them, too. And Dennis, on the album cover, who did the illustration of Fred Rogers? Oh, that's, that's nice of you to ask that. Um, it was, uh, the, my art director was David Hummer, who actually worked on that, my previous album. 
-hmm. And uh, we had, we being budgetarily challenged, we had a very different cover that was planned. And last minute, Dave came and said, no, 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 you have to have a, a first class cover. So he, he works with a, an artist who came up with that illustration. Beautifully done. Yeah, very right on. Very good. And uh, John, you have a, a, a physical copy of the album now, don't you? Is there, there no, is I'm actually going for a physical. <laughs> and in there, I'm going to study the album. So they say it won't be long, and I don't know what they mean by that. Well, you know what? It's been a pleasure having you on our show, which is uh, called Just Kidding, and it's probably a good reason for that. What a pleasure to uh, to meet you. And, uh, Dan, any closing uh, messages from you? Because you're usually full of that. Uh-huh. I do, and I do issue out some bits of wonderful wisdom on occasion, right, John? Well, sure, sure, Dan. Thank you. I just am happy to get to see you again, Dennis. It's been too Me long. Too. Uh, by the way, all your all your stuff is available. Your videos we referred to are they they're on YouTube and places like that to watch. Yes, the easiest way to find them would be to go to thankyoumrrogers.com, and we have a page that says videos, and you can actually listen to artists you know talking about their participation in the album, and then mm-hmm. seeing the cuts uh, from the album, and and you can listen to samples of it. There's a lot to do there. It's like. A, if you can't go to Disneyland, go go there. So absolutely. Well, we have forty seconds. Es un día precioso en la vecindad. Un día muy lindo para la amistad. Pudiera contar con tu amistad. Podemos Así como tú Y 
amistad por siempre. Just kidding, and they're just kidding, you kid, a little bit too. 